What is this that I can't see With ice cold hands taking hold of me I am death, none can excel I'll open the door to heaven or hell to the Sunday Afternoon Podcast with Greg Reese. I'm your host, Greg Reese. Today is Sunday, August 20th, 2023. My goodness, how time flies. August 20th. That's crazy. Golly, it's like I feel like I woke up from a dream. Well, anyways. Uh title of today's podcast is Oh Death, named after that song that you just heard. Uh, that's, uh, for people who've been listening, that's something I've been working on just for my own joy and happiness and fun. I think it's called a hobby. I think that's what they call those things. Singing's kind of a new thing for me. I'm, the music portion of that recording, I'm pretty happy with. I actually passed it off to a singer that I know to see if she's interested in doing a track on it just because I'm aware of my own weaknesses. That's a good thing. I think it's a very important thing to know if you're trying to excel at something is to know your weaknesses. And uh, you can work on You obviously want to work on them and make them stronger, but at the same time, you have to accept where you're at at the moment, you know? So anyways... The fun thing about singing, though, is it's um, powerful. It's magical. It's spiritual. It's uh, using your breath and your voice and the vibrations. It's powerful. And I think it's important to pick your words wisely. Uh, like, for example, I like this song, Oh Death. Um. Because from my type of personality, it's a very spiritual way of giving thanks and gratitude for this precious life that we have, is, the, is to put your focus on death. 
a lot of you people understand what I'm saying. Not everyone. Some people find that kind of creepy and dark. Some people, when they see the death's head, you know, the skull and crossbones, or just a skull, see that as something kind of creepy or scary or dark or whatever. I don't know. I, don't, I, I can't say how you see it. I've always, since I was a kid, I see it as death and uh, something to... Well, it's it's obviously something quite interesting, you know. It's it's the the great unknown. You know, there are I mean, a lot of people choose a belief as to what happens after death, and they stick to that belief. I don't have I don't know what happens. I could guess, but um, but I know it's coming. I know that's what we all have coming, and and so uh, and these days. I think more than ever, I mean, it's, it's an important time to reflect on that. Maybe not all of us. Like I said, for me, that's, that's a way of giving thanks. And it's a way of uh, confronting the unknown, confronting the, the, the fear of the unknown, embracing it. I w- am blessed in a sense because since I was a child, I've been, since my brother died, probably since before then, but I was eight when my brother died, I've been deeply curious about death like to the point where I look forward to it I mean when I say that I have to say uh spare me over for till another year death you know uh I enjoy my life I'm not in a hurry to go I want to get as much out of this life as possible but when that day comes my since childhood it's been a it's been a prayer it's been a passionate desire I guess, for lack of a better word, to be aware in those moments, to be attentive, awake, and paying attention so that I can experience death. Anyways. So those are lyrics that I feel positive about singing. I actually cut a few of the lyrics out. There were some lyrics in there that I didn't feel comfortable singing. Like I said, it's a powerful thing. A lot of bluesy... Um, songs where the in, where music where the music is something that I tend to like, the lyrics are something I won't sing because a lot of them are, I would say, calling on negative things. You know, I think that's real. So that's why, for example, like um, yoga chants in Sanskrit. Uh, people that know, know, and a lot of people that don't know think that those are like evil chants because they just don't know how they translate. But they're all, they all translate basically the same. It's like super simple. It's like, may the, may the light of truth expose all the darkness. You know, that's like one chant. And you say it over and over and over again, you know, in the Sanskrit. But you're basically saying, may the light of truth overcome all the darkness. May the light of truth overcome all the darkness. May the light, you know. Other ones are like love, uh, everything, you know, uh, be one, peace, joy. You know, it's positive stuff. It's it's, and that's the uh, point I'm trying to make is, if you're if you're singing, if you're saying things out loud, and if you're saying things in in your head, because words, I believe the words we say in our in our mind, in our thoughts, have vibrations. I'm sure of it. They have vibrations as well. Maybe not as 
with as potent as these vocal cords that we have that are able to cast out sound vibrations, which is basically what all matter is made of, we're able to cast that out of these mouths. <clears throat> Speaking of yoga, there's a yoga practice I remember learning about mouth control and how the two things that you do with your mouth that are important is eat and talk. But talking is something that needs to be limited to, or at least controlled. Because a lot of times I can, I, I can honestly speak for anyone who listens to my podcast knows this, that uh, I can just go on and I can just yammer on. It, it just runs on its own, the mouth. And I'm learning, it's, I guess I've always known, but I'm kind of rebellious and defiant, even against my own better nature. And, um, but I am learning that, uh, that, that, that is something I need to, in my, even in my old age, I need to learn how to control the mouth more. But one of the teachings is, is food. By disciplining yourself by eating, if you can discipline your, yourself with eating, then it, it will make it naturally. You'll, you'll just naturally yammer less. That's the point I'm making. And I wouldn't doubt that because I also have an, I have an issue with yammering on and I also have an issue with overeating. <laughs> I do like to eat. So, um, yeah, that's something I need to work on these days. Anyways, that's another whole sidetrack. But, yeah, so um, singing's good. I've been doing it for uh, health, mental health reasons. And it's been good. It's been working. I, 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 I think if I didn't have the banjo and this hobby, I would need something. You know, these are crazy times. So that's what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about these crazy times. That's kind of the subject. Um, this is stuff that people that have been listening to the podcast for a while have heard before. We're going to talk about cataclysm. We're going to talk about what I think is going on. The reason I'm going to bring it up again is because I noticed in the last video, I someone commented here. I see if I'll bring it up. And... Um, And I realize there's some new listeners. And it's also a good time to bring it up again because it just feels... I still feel really good. I still feel very positive and optimistic. And, it, and that might simply be because I, in my heart, I understand that we're in a very special time to be alive right now. And what really matters is is your personal life and your personal relationship with God and whatever that means to you. I mean, like I just told you a couple things it means to me, you know, discipline myself and, and with the mouth, mouth discipline, you know, that's one thing I got to do. I'm sure we all got our own lists and these are good things. These are, these are, this is why it's so precious to be alive. It's because in my opinion, every day is an opportunity to perfect you know, to heal, to grow, evolve, correct, remedy, all these things. These, these are good things. To go uphill rather than downhill. To climb rather than fall, right? 
So, um, yeah, we'll get into, uh, I guess, where I think we are and what that means. And we can war game through it. Because I'm in war game and the same thing for a long time. It hasn't changed. I think we're in the, the, where I think we're at right now is where I expected us to end up decades ago, probably at least 15 years ago. I've been stuck on this 10,000 foot view. I've challenged it several times. Thought, are you, Greg, you're just obsessed. You're, you're choosing it. You're filtering through this. You're, it's confirmation bias. So I spent years challenging it. Um, my astrology even says that I am a victim of cataclysmic PTSD. Like my astrology says I've, I've been through enough cataclysms to where I have post-traumatic stress disorder over it. <laughs> I think that's interesting because I definitely do. Like I definitely have this, the world's going to end. It's all about to happen right now. I've, I've had that my whole life. Um, and the only, uh, what's brought clarity and peace to it is, is filling out the details. <laughs> you know, it hasn't really been about dismissing it or getting over it. It's been more about like, oh, okay, well that's, that's how it's happening. And that's what's going, you know? So anyways, so I say that because, you know, who knows? It could be all man-made weather and there is no cataclysm coming. I don't think that's the case though. I think the man-made weather is... It's just a mimic. They're mimicking. All right, before we dive into that ramble, I did want to mention this. <clears throat> um, I wasn't too familiar with Karen Kingston's work directly. Really, and, it's, and, and the reason I say that is because there's a serendipitous quality to this for me personally, in that um, after some recent interviews I did a month ago, I think, someone suggested I, one of you suggested I interview Karen Kingston. So I looked her up and right away I was like, oh, I'm surprised I haven't, I'm not more familiar with her work. And uh, so I reached out and I heard back from her right away. And I'm probably one of the the last people to have heard back from her because right after I heard back from her um, about interviewing, she's like, yeah, I'd love to do an interview. Then I replied back and then I never heard back since. And I, for like a week, maybe two weeks, I, I, remember, I remember thinking, I wonder why I haven't heard back from her. <laughs> and then, because uh, I heard back from her so quick right away the first time, you know, I was like, was it something I said? I don't know. And then, um, and then I started hearing these posts of her in Mexico on the run because she's worried about getting Arkansas by Pfizer and the Clintons. So anyone who's not familiar with who I'm talking about, Karen Kingston is a whistleblower who used to work at Pfizer, and she's been um, pretty heavy into the... Uh, nanotech. <clears throat> and um, trying to get laws changed and stuff. 
I wish I could tell you more about her. I got to read more into her. Um, but in a, the the video she sent, she's there's a video going around with her. I believe it's from Mexico, where she says she's on the run because she's worried about being killed uh, because of her work blowing the whistle on Pfizer. And she mentions Malone, Doctor Malone, the mRNA guy, Robert Malone, and she doesn't say she doesn't accuse him of anything uh she does insinuate that he's connected to the cia <laughs> i think that's a fair bet she's actually she's actually asking for people to tell rfk jr to talk to robert malone and and tell robert malone to not have her killed something like that and she doesn't actually, I mean, even the way I said it right there actually makes it sound like she's accusing him of something. And she's not. When you actually hear her, I guess, she, maybe, she, I don't know. Anyways, it doesn't matter. Um, I could see why, like, I'm not too worried about myself. I've, you know, um, because I'm not a whistleblower. I'm just, uh, I'm just a guy. I'm just a conspiracy theorist making videos on news stories. And um, I'm pretty easily discredited. You know, I, I question the heliocentric model, you know. So it's very easy to, to just make me invisible to people, whereas a legitimate whistleblower from Pfizer, yeah, she, and she's up. And here's the thing about Malone is... Malone is surrounded by, like, the system, <laughs> you know? It seems pretty obvious, like Big Pharma. And he's still making these mRNAs from what I've seen. From what I've seen, I've seen pretty good evidence that, that that's the case. I think he's suing someone for even reporting on that. <clears throat> and why is this? Well, my guess would be they want everyone to focus on mRNA and they don't want anyone to focus on the nanotech. And I don't think it's that hard because a lot of people will automatically ignore the nanotech because a lot of people are really caught up in this. It's weird. It's almost become pride. It's almost like some people have become proud of the fact that, they didn't, that they're pure bloods now. And that they gives them a sense of swollen pride, you know, like wow, I'm I'm a superior human. You know? It's almost like the Nazi government was able to radicalize some of us into becoming like supremacists. Supremacists, you know, pure bloods. It's interesting. <clears throat> I've noticed it. Um, I don't think we are. I think, for one thing, I think we're all being contaminated through chemtrails and other things with nanotech, through, through food. I think even the Amish. I think it's almost, I think, you know, you got to go maybe deep in the rainforest to escape the contamination and probably not even there either. Um, and I think also if you go back in history, there's just a, nothing but a history of genetic contamination with us. You know? So we're not pure bloods. None of us are pure bloods. And it's interesting that some of us are now boasting about being a pure blood, I think. 
It's almost like they're trying to, the, it's almost like the Nazis are trying to bring back good old Nazi culture. And they're doing it through this psychological, reverse psychology, radicalization. I don't know. The only reason I say that is because it, that's the effect it's having on a lot of people. But anyway, she's missing now. Di um, Karen Kingston, so she went to Mexico. She put out a video asking people to get Robert F. Kennedy Jr., who has Dr. Malone's ear, to talk to Robert Malone and, and say, please don't have her killed. <clears throat> the, I mean, I'm, I, I recommend you look up the video. You can find all this at uh, Celia Farber's Substack. I have it all open to my brother. I got to go through it. I haven't gone through it all yet, but um, skimmed it. <clears throat> um, what makes it more interesting is Dr. Robert Malone replied to her on his Substack, and and the headline is "Hate Ecosystem and Fifth Generation Warfare." And his, his it's, that's interesting that he did that. Like, I, I try to stay away from this kind of stuff because it's just kind of gross personal drama, human drama. And really, for all I know, this could all just be human, the frailty of humanity. I think we all have, I, I, I think at one point I, was referring to the fact that we all have mental illness. And one of the comments I read took offense to that as if, as if most of us are all like perfectly fine, <laughs> you know? Uh, no, I don't think so. I think we're all a little bit, we're all a little bit mentally ill at least. Some of us got some problems. Paranoia is a real thing. I have paranoia and I notice uh, almost everyone who thinks they're waking up or considers themselves to be awakened struggle with paranoia. And in this case, it could be everyone on all cases is paranoid, but like, anyways, she's missing now. That's what makes it all real. So I'm going to look into that. Apparently, Dr. Malone contacted her brother and got her brother to actually come out and say something. I don't know. It's just very... Uh. And someone pointed out, could you imagine being contacted by this doctor, you know, by a stranger, Dr. Malone, on, on behalf of your missing sister who thinks someone's out trying to kill her, you know? I mean, come on, man. This is weird stuff. So, anyways... <clears throat> I got to dig into that. That might be a report. I just got to know more what's going on with it. So if you have any any more information than what I'm getting here in Celia Farber's, then feel free to let me know. All right. 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 So I decided to do this to, to talk about the subject again because on the last video I did about... Um, Federal whistleblowers that are now telling us that 
the government has plans to start masking up federal employees starting next month, building up incrementally with a new wave of COVID to lock us down again. Um, everyone is, uh, you know, not everyone, but a lot of people are replying like, yeah, good luck with that. No way. Not a chance in hell. I don't feel that confident, folks. I mean, because um, the, well, anyways, I'm not going to, no, that's what we're talking about. We're wargaming this. So I don't feel that confident, but then again, I'm going to focus on positivity because like I was saying at the beginning of this, words are powerful. And recently I heard, it was the best thing I ever heard the guy say. It's the guy from Canada. He was in town for the Liberty Awards. Chris Skye. And he said repeatedly that we're good, that we're going to be great this time because the first one woke enough people up and gave and made them stronger and prepared them for, for this next one so that there'll be a lot more people standing up this next time. And I think, well, I know I, he's, he's speaking the truth. That is true. Now, obviously, that's not the case for everyone. That's what I have to get over. My mind is like, oh, Greg, there's like a whole hell of a bunch of people that are going to go along with it no matter what they do. They're going to believe whatever they're told. And that is true. But it's also true that a lot of people are going to shift sides this time. And I think it's true that it, it could be enough people to shift it because I think we were close. <clears throat> well, <laughs> I don't know if we were close. We'll see. We'll see. But why are they doing it? This is all based on a comment I said on... Let me pull it up. I might as well pull it up. Oh, okay. No, it was a comment on the mass murder and the West Maui land grab video. Um... And it was a reply to Suzanne. Suzanne was saying, the only solution I see in this is a military takeover, arrest all traitors, MSM takedown. And my reply was, I think this is all leading towards martial law. And my suspicious mind thinks that that's been the plan all along. And then I followed it up by my guess is they need to lock down the surface for final preparations leading up to the cataclysm when they go underground. And that's what all this has been about. And that's, that's, uh, that's where I'm at. That's what's going on. Um, I did a video on this, on the cataclysm. And you can dig it up on uh, band.video. I believe it's called imminent cataclysm. Something, something, something. <laughs> I got to do another one on the subject, at least for Substack. Um, 
all the experts on the pole shift and the cataclysm and the and the uh, solar um, micronova, they all put it around 2040, 2046, which is right on their 2030 timeline. It explains absolutely everything that's going on. It's the only thing that explains it all. They're obviously on a timeline. They're obviously on a timeline that they cannot budge from. It's obviously a serious issue. They're not just... Uh, you know, I haven't heard any other explanation that makes sense. If you have one, you can throw it in the comments, but I haven't heard, I, I've heard them all. And uh, that's where I've been for a long time. Like I said earlier in this podcast, I questioned it many times. I was like, Greg, are you just obsessed with this, with the end of the world? <laughs> are you just, um, is it a pessimistic thing and stuff like that? And, <clears throat> but every subject I would study, one of the reasons I guess I'm good at my job is because I've spent the last 15 years obsessing through as many rabbit holes as I could find. Oh, you got another interesting subject? Tell me all about it. I want to hear every little detail and then I'll do my own research and I'll dig as deep as I can go and follow every angle as far as I can go. It's fun, right? Trying to figure things out. <clears throat> and every, no matter what subject I was on, it would always come to cataclysm. It would always come to the big secret is that there is this great reset, like a reset button on this realm. And it's somewhat, it seems to be somewhat predictable, somewhat known, but also somewhat unpredictable and somewhat unknown. I don't know. That's what it seems like. Pretty, pretty vague, right? But, and then there's all other kinds of details as to, um, how often it happens. For a long time, I was always under the, the feeling that it had to do with the great year, the 26,000-year cycle that's, that has to do with the wobble or the perceived wobble of the stars. Um, that kind of made sense to me because just like how you can predict things happen every year, I could see how you could predict things happening every great year. So like every, it seemed like every 12,800 years, you know, every half of a great year, there was some big pole shift. <clears throat> that kind of checks out with the Randall Carlson work and the stuff like that. But then there's a lot of new research that's coming out that like just looking into the mysterious history of the 1800s of the, um, for people that are paying subscribers, you, you know, from my videos on the, Freemason baby farms and uh, living in ruins. The 1800s are just full of weird mysteries where it's like, now I'm starting to question like how often these resets happen or maybe there's just lots of mass murder, uh, mass culling. That's where I'm kind of leaning towards is that there are uh, sort of farmers and Judas goats and maybe every 120 years, 100 so years, they there's a culling. I don't know. But that, that doesn't, we're going to forget about that for today. Today we're just going to focus on our situation, the situation that we are facing. So for the sake of argument, we're going to say that it is a cataclysm coming. What does that mean? It means that the poles are shifting. You can look this up. You can look at how they've been getting exponentially faster and the, sh the shift has, has been moving exponentially faster 
over recent years, especially over the most recent years. It's, if you were to look at it on a graph, the most logical guesstimation would be that we're about to flip. What does that mean? Most people that are studying this, I think, would agree that there is a relationship between the sun and the Earth's magnetosphere. The magnetic charge of the Earth and the sun, there's a relationship. And so there's a relationship between this magnetic pole shift and the sun's micronova. The micronova is mostly predicted through uh, sun cycles, actual sun cycle activity, and the historical record is full of it. So what does that mean? It means when this happens, uh, the... The, these are all theories because, you know, we don't know exactly for sure, but the best theory I've heard on what a micronova is, is it's a, it's like a cleansing. It's like the, the, the sun becomes uh, clogged with debris over time and this burst, this micronova is, is a um, cleansing. So it explodes all these particles out of it, almost creating a new sun. This is all written about in the ancient record as well. And this is what a lot of the New Agers, and I don't necessarily mean that in a bad way, derogatory, I'm not putting anyone down, but this is what a lot of the New Agers are going to say, yes, they're expecting this, and this is... I think I've heard some people say this is part of the ascension is that these particles are going to transform everything. And that very well could be. Who knows? It seems like a dangerous situation. It seems like if you're on the surface bare-skinned, you're going to be done, (laughs) you know? Um, That's what it seems like to me. Because So the prediction is this: uh, it'll be a micronova, which would be heat, fire, explosion to the point of, of basically vaporizing all water on the, on the surface and, and, and moisture even, which is pretty intense. And what that would do is it would then cause uh, an ice age. And then if this... And then it could potentially then go from there to a flood, to a flooding situation, massive flooding situation. All of these events sort of uh, working together in, a, in sort of a relationship, you know, one leads to the other set of scientific reactions here in our realm. Now, there are a lot of people that say this is all being, this is all man-made weather. There is man-made weather for sure. The hurricanes, there are a lot of hurricanes steering. 
I'd say in, in the recent years, we've seen a lot of man-made weather control. But in my opinion, this is mimicking. Now, I am open to the possibility that the weather is con always controlled. And all through history, maybe that's one of the secret society, maybe that's one of the secrets of the secret societies is that there are, there's a control booth, you know, like not, not that different from, you know, like the Truman Show, you know, where you can just you control the weather. It's all about who's controlling it. But it's always been there, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a controlled system. I'm open to that possibility. Um, I guess that's not too far off from kind of like what I imagine it is. From what I, I kind of imagine, that's just a natural built-in part of the cyclical things. Like it's just built in like on a clock and there's nothing you can do to stop it. And the man-made weather we're seeing is, may, is, it could be them trying to stop it, trying to somehow figure out a way of of controlling, of, of ultimately controlling the weather to where they can stop this event. Or, or a mimicking of it. Because they hate this event because this great reset is really what ultimately takes all their power structure away. Because it doesn't kill life. Life will survive and grow back and come back and thrive. It just takes away their mountain of, of amassed toys and power, right? <clears throat> That's what the great reset is. That's what it's resetting. It's like resetting the board. And if you've invested generations, not just your life, but multiple generations of your family bloodline invested in amassing power and structure and building this thing, then uh, the ultimate defeat would be this great reset in their eyes, I'm sure. And so they, that's their ultimate, the ultimate win for them would be to survive it, to go underground, bring all their high-techery and toys and everything they got down under with them so that when the dust settles up here, they can come back up and, and, and start all over right where they left off. <clears throat> and I don't think that's going to work. I think it's... Uh, who knows? I, I, I wouldn't care to try. I, I'm more of a go-with-the-flow kind of guy. My biggest um, desire for... Well, I do. I wouldn't mind surviving. If I had all the money in the world, I'd be shopping for land with a nice private cave system underneath um, and I deck it out. That's what I'd spend all my free time doing is decking out my cave. Because <laughs> I would not mind surviving. I think that would be kind of fun and very special. Could you imagine surviving it, coming out of your cave when the dust settles, the amount of overwhelming gratitude you might feel? Hey, I'm grateful today. Don't get me wrong. Praise God. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. This is a good life. As hard as it can be, it's a good life. And it ain't as hard for me as it is for most. But I wouldn't mind just having my own porch. 
with a nice view and watch it happen. I wouldn't mind that either. That's kind of my main goal is to have my own space. Whether I have a cave or not, cave would be a bonus. If I don't have a cave, I'll take a porch. I've had a good life. I have no complaints. So, yeah, so I think um, that would explain everything. If this is happening in 2040, 2046, what does that mean? It means they've already got their caves dug. They've already got their underground bunkers. We, we've been reporting on this for decades. <clears throat> we humans. Uh, Dumbs, deep underground military bases. Phil Schneider. They've got this all squared away. And they've, there's ancient underground dwellings as well. There's a whole underworld. And it would seem, I wouldn't be surprised if Antarctica is somewhat safe from this event as well. That might be a safe space as well. So, you know, um, what's happening now then is they're, they're, they're close. What is it, 20 years? Yeah, like 20 years away. Less than 2040. 2040 is the first predicted um, predicted event. 2046 is actually the big one, according to many sources. It's the end of the Mayan calendar. It's the actual end of the Mayan calendar because the so-called experts <coughs> did not factor in the change of years from 360 to 360 for 2.5. And the Mayan calendar was a day calendar. It wasn't a year calendar. That's fascinating to me. And that's a fact. It's a scientific fact. And uh, Jason Bershears from Archaics, he's the only one who got that right. And, uh, and yeah, so that's 2046 is the end of the Mayan long count calendar. So... They're just locking the surface down because I'm sure they've got everything they need. I'm sure if they had to go underground now, fine. We got it. We got everything under control. But they got like 20 years. So it's time to squeeze as much as they can get. So what does that mean? That's, that's what we're looking at. What does that mean? It means It means probably martial law with like a lot of work, <laughs> you know? I think the biometric scans are coming. They need some way to keep everyone, I don't know. Yeah, they need tyranny, but they also need to work us. That's the big question. You know, I get, like what like what would you be planning to do in your last 15 years before you go underground? And like I said, I think I don't think it's a perfect science. So I think they I think we're probably in that window right now where they have to be on their toes ready to get underground at a moment's notice, you know, looking for certain telltale signs. And maybe that's a lot of what we're seeing in the weather. Like, I don't think all the stuff we're seeing is 
Like there is climate change right now, and that's what the climate change is. It's not all man-made. I also wouldn't be surprised if the man-made climate change is being overused deliberately just to get everyone to relax more, to be like, oh, it's not, it's not a pole shift. This is all man-made climate change. You know, just to keep people calm. I wouldn't be surprised at all. Because I think most people, a lot of people will, will prefer that. They'll just be like, nah, it's all good. This is just man-made climate change. I don't know. Volcanoes are popping off everywhere. And uh, that, I mean, that could be man-made. I'm not saying it is. Like I said, this whole thing could be, con there could be a control system just like the Wizard of Oz you know, behind the curtain. Pushing buttons, pulling rods, making all these things pop off. Who knows? I don't know. But I do suspect that that's what's, there's a combination of both. I think the reason that they made up the whole global warming scam is, is a way of taking advantage, one, hiding the truth of what's happening with the climate change so that people aren't privy to the cataclysm and figuring out a way of, of, of getting the most out of that. Because not only are they, if that's the case, then not only have they successfully kept people from the truth, but they've divided us, further divided us, you know, with the whole uh, climate global warming denier thing and the global warming believers and all that stuff. It was to help divide us. And it's a way to, you know, just squeeze some money out of us. And it's an excuse to clamp down on the on control. And I think it's all part of a setup to declare martial law. I, I think these Bill Gateses and these Klaus Schwabs are going to get thrown under the bus as patsies. And... Um, the military is going to take over and that's going to be the military's excuse is the crimes are going to be so big. They're like, sorry, we can't have like, well, you know, we can't have Biden. The Biden's a puppet and we've exposed all these crimes and blah, blah, blah. And yeah, they stole the election, but we can't have Trump in there either. Cause I mean, this is too serious of a situation. It needs to be martial law. We need to sort this out. Special tribunals, Emergency government powers, all that stuff. It's already in place. It's all put in place. They're all ready for this emergency government military control, which is exactly what they'd want leading up to going underground. It's exactly what they want. They're going to want checkpoints everywhere. They're going to want the military everywhere <clears throat> so that if something happens, they can dart underground and no one's going to notice. Or whatever. They want control right now on the surface. Yeah. That's my story and I'm sticking to it. So before I had the job at InfoWars, I was living in an ashram, as I've mentioned a bunch of times, for like three years. And the reason I was there was, it was a place I've been before, uh, ashram in Virginia. There's a lot of um, shady commie, evil, satanic ashrams, just as there are many shady, commie, satanic churches. Um, it's an obvious thing to subvert if you're trying to uh, subvert and control. But this one uh, I stand by for the most part. 
the teacher was good and the teachings were good. It was mostly just the golden rule. I've talked about it a bunch. But anyways, I went there for the express purpose of making peace with living in a defeated world, like what we're talking about, like a world, like uh, like if, because, because it was the second term of Obama and um, I kind of gave up, <laughs> you know? I was like, man, people aren't going to wake up. People are just getting deeper asleep. So that's what I went there for. I was like, well, if people aren't going to wake up, then what are you going to do? If you're not going to fight the good fight of trying to wake everyone up and unite, help unite we the people, then what are you going to do with your life? So um, so that's what I did. I went there to try to figure it out. And so what I learned is it's not about the outcome. It's about your actions. So what I know personally is I'm never going to stop trying to um, wake myself up, first of all, because I don't think I'm, I'm fully awake. For example, when I go to sleep in my dreams, I completely lose control. Like I'm not, a, I'm not like awake in my dreams. I'm sleepwalking through my dreams. So that's what is that, a third of my life or 20% of my life or more? I'm fully asleep. And there are times throughout the day as well I catch myself drifting off a bit, right? And I don't even really know what's going on. <laughs> you know? So I'm not fully awake. So that's the purpose of life is to try to wake myself up. Like I was saying about Sanskrit chants, may the light of truth overcome all the darkness. That's my purpose in life. My hobby is, my current hobby is singing songs and making music that I do for joy. But my passionate purpose in life is to awaken, awaken myself and to try to awaken those around me and to look to others to help wake me up. And, to, you know, we all have something to help one another. We're, we all have something valuable for the whole. <laughs> and I'm not trying to sound like some commie crap, you know. But we are all, we are all one. And um, and so that was the answer. Is it you know like ideally in my mind? Because I always thought the cataclysm was coming. So even like when I went to the ashram, trying to figure out, you know, oh, I'm so disappointed. Like we're not going to wake up. Even then, I thought the cataclysm was coming. So what did it matter? if everyone woke up or not. It, to me, seems like it's a spiritual goal on this planet. The goal on this planet is to I don't know, maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> spiritual independence. Uh, physical in, in Independence, and I guess, you know, that's one of the reasons why I kind of tend to accept that reincarnation is more of a reality than just a one-shot time at life because there are obviously people here on different levels 
of understanding and spiritual growth. And these things can take, I think, longer than a lifetime. A lifetime is good enough to learn how to play the banjo or to learn how to master gardening or building or stuff like that. <clears throat> but to completely master spiritual growth in humanity, I think, I think takes more than one lifetime. And I think that's kind of what we're here doing. And so I don't think it matters. It's not about the outcome. It's about the present moment. It's about what are we, what are, what am I doing today to make a positive difference? What am I doing today where I am ascending, where I'm climbing the mountain, where I am finding a remedy, where I'm righting a wrong, where I am And that's, that's the struggle. Anyone who does, anyone who knows, knows. Well, the struggle is either way. The struggle is real either way. If you're going to go, if you're going to spiral downward, it's not a cakewalk. That's its own kind of struggle. That's a struggle I don't have the heart for. I don't think I could live... I think the only way, I, I would have to go so dark. I would have to lose my soul, I think, to go that way. I can't do it. I, so I've only, I mean, I've, I've, don't get me wrong, I've fallen downwards. It's the, the pain of falling downwards has always been what's gotten me up. You know, I guess that's the point I'm making. You got to go up. Going up hurts too. It's just a, it's just a different kind of hurt. It's a, it's a much more preferable struggle. Much more, much, much, much more preferable. So preferable that I, I don't, I feel like I'm complaining. I don't want to complain. It's not a struggle at all. I'm just a believer in the truth. I'm a true believer in the truth. I really am. I, I'm, I guess that's kind of where I'm at. That's my personality. And so I think it's extremely valuable that if we are going into a cataclysm event, that we all know that, we're, that we are, that we, that we become aware of it. While we have years to brace ourselves and to prepare in some way, absolutely, that's, that's extremely valuable. It may, like, so like the, the, maybe it's just in my own head, but in, you know, like I said, in my own head, there's like, well, what does it matter if it's all going to cataclysm? And who cares? But I don't know. I mean, I guess that might be true for some people, but obviously I guess that is. But for some of us, some of us, it, I, I can speak for myself, I like to have at least some kind of understanding of, you know, truth, of present awareness, what's going on in reality. <laughs> You can't ever really, I mean, the reason I say it like that is you can't really exactly be sure exactly how real it is, you know, but um, I think we should even take control of these underground bases. I'm not even sure if I want to go in one of these bases at all. Like I said, I think I'd rather either sit on a porch or have my own cave. I would trust a cave more than I would trust uh, a man-made underground base. And I'd have to know who I'm going underground with. I wouldn't. I definitely wouldn't want to go underground with these elite, you know, these characters. 
I'd much rather be on my porch in that case. But we should be able to take control of these bases. We should decide who goes down there or if anyone wants to go down there. I have a feeling if we were to do that, we would find a non-human presence that's been around for a long time. You know? I don't know. <laughs> it's quite possible that the stuff I want is, is not allowed. I think I mentioned that before. I heard someone say, a remote viewer, say that we're not allowed to mess with that. There's a certain level of control here that we're not, never allowed to know about. And there's a rebellious part of me that just does not accept that. I want to know. I'm curious. Maybe it's just curiosity killed the cat, they said. Okay. So if, if, if money was no object... I'd be, I'd be looking for community. I'd be looking to live off-grid somewhere with cool neighbors that are hardy and resilient, that appreciate privacy and respect each other's appreciation of privacy and also help each other, all the good stuff. Um, I would have a cave system, ideally, if not a cave. And even if I had a cave, I would build an ark. I would build, uh, I was talking to a friend of mine about this. I would probably focus on aluminum. I think aluminum would be the right thing. And make a super heavy duty, like floating tank. <laughs> with uh, Stocked up with uh, some storable foods to last months and water. <laughs> Why not? We got like 20 years, a little less. Got time to build an ark. <sighs> Anyways, it's really about the present moment. Every day we got, especially with the idea of the cataclysm, especially with that, especially with everything that's going on. Oh, death. Yeah? So pass me over another day. I'll take, an, I'll take, thank you. I'll take another day. Thank you very much. Every day is a blessing. I don't know about you, but that's where I'm at. It's very easy for me to fall into this, daily ritual of giving thanks to God because I feel very thankful. The crazier things get in the world, the more I'm like appreciating life. And the, the more I appreciate life, the better I, the harder I work at improving myself. So it's all good. It could be worse in a lot of ways, I think we're getting a better life right now than we've had. Like a lot of people have been talking about, we want to go back to the 80s and 90s or the 70s. Sure, life was a big hoot back then. Uh, I'm sure I wouldn't mind it either. However, maybe that's not what life is really all about. Maybe it's not just supposed to be a big hoot. Maybe it really is supposed to be about spiritual growth and becoming better and stronger. And if that's the case, we're in a really good place right now for that. So I hope you all are getting stronger. I hope you're all learning and growing and, and uh, surviving and thriving. And uh, if, you're, if, you're, if you feel like you're not, the beautiful thing is, is that we're still alive and we got a chance today to, to change that. We got a chance, a second chance there always seems to be a second chance. 
You know, it's a beautiful thing. So, hmm, it really turned out to be a rant again, as I say all the time. However, <clears throat> we got um, uh, an interview with Analog from The Archivist. We're going to be talking about Giants. I'm talking to him tomorrow, and I should release that early this week. And my video on Giants should be done in about a week. It's getting close to being done. I'm really having fun with it. It really is. The more I'm surprised it took me, I think I was avoiding it because it's a very interesting subject, and it really does explain a lot. It has a lot to do with everything, I think. And it's very interesting how we snicker at the idea. I know I used to before I started looking into it, but once you look into it, you realize, well, yeah, giants have been a part of our life forever. It's only been in the past 100 years, basically, or less, when we've been conditioned to think that giants are silly. We're basically living in the Lord of the Rings. All different kind of humanoid creatures, in our history at least. It's only just been in the past 80 years or so where that's all nonsense. All right, guys. Love you. Have a good week.